welcome to the Bitch Disorder Podcast. And I have to preface this episode with, I was right, and what the fuck? Why am I so good at predicting shit? I just don't trust anything because of the original Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, so this episode is going to be analyzing episode... Five, The Altar of the Dead. Yes. Of The Haunting of Bly Manor. I'm Sarah, and I'm one of your hosts for this podcast. I'm Laura, I'm the other host. So sit back, get a drink at least, sit back, and enjoy this whirlwind. You're going to need something of, for this. Yeah, you're going to want something really strong. There's a hell There's a hell of a lot to pack. And so join us on this whirlwind of this episode. Episode 5. The Altar of the Dead. This episode focuses mostly on Hannah Gross, the housekeeper of Bly Manor. And there's a lot of shit that goes on, so let's start at the beginning. Okay. Well, we take place... Shit. Is it during an interview, or is it at Um, the bonfire? We start at the bonfire, but then... It's just Hannah and and Owen Owen talking and drinking wine. And then you see Hannah, like, dissociate back to being with Owen when she, she was first interviewing him for the position of the cook. And then you go back to that, like, at least ten times during the episode. You hear that conversation, but in different ways, because... And it makes you want to shoot yourself. It really does. And then, after you see the interview, you see flashbacks of the whole family arriving at Bly for the summer and Hannah taking care of them. Yeah, so it's a lot of flashbacks. Yeah, Let's every keep... time she opens, Hannah opens a door, there's another flashback. So, like, there's... So, let's just say this for a fact, though. Hannah's right about Peter. She sees him as a toxic man who's abusive, and she's right. Toxic but... masculinity equals no-no. Yeah, but Rebecca doesn't believe him because she's too lost in this image that he's a nice guy. He's well, nice. the thing is, he doesn't... He's he, manipulative. He's manipulative, but he also want like he's the type of person to take what he wants and yeah. he wants everything. He's like the type of person that like the, all the billionaires turn up to be that like the, all the heads of companies are like if you've heard of all these people like uh, he's like wants to be the top of the top, but he know he won't get there because his boss won't let him get up. So he's trying to convince everybody that they're all just side pieces in the game of the rich people and then mm-hmm. that they des- they should leave and get out while they can so They're they don't suck their problems. In a game of chess. Yeehaw. Mm-hmm. So But we get to so Hannah dissoci- gets all these episodes where she's constantly flashbacking between episodes where there's people alive and episodes where we at least know one person's dead, aka Rebecca. Rebecca Yeah, and the um the mother of the, the family, fam- the yes. two children. children. Yeah, and you also see the dad at one point. Yeah, we finally meet the dad and the mother. But my favorite part in this wait, I gotta think. My favorite part was when we get to where Hannah's watch, oddly watching Rebecca and Peter after they've had some sexy time. Yeah, and we hear this story. Well, no. Okay, that's leading up to it. Now I remember my favorite part. Oh my god. Okay, so... I can't. You already know what I'm talking about. But anyway, so they had some te- sexy time. 
Lovely. Okay. Peter basically gives the... He drills it into Rebecca's head that they're just pawns in this whole game. They're going to be forever be pawns. So he told her, basically, they're going to go to America. And he wants her to pack her bags. And that when they... He'll come back for her. Yeah. Spoiler, he never comes back. Oh, yeah. Because Rebecca starts ominously saying, I can't... Like, she go... You go into the realize that this is not actually what happened starting from this moment onwards. When she's like, I can't bring myself to watch this. I can't bring myself to watch this happen. Because I'm pretty sure she knows that... Peter's about to die. Yeah. Because what you see is you see Peter being dragged off by the Lady of the Lake ghost. Which is also, also the, the face- doll. Faceless ghost. It's the same. It looks like the doll that Flora hides underneath her piece of furniture. Yeah. The piece of furniture. Whatever piece of furniture that may be. And so Peter tells it because Flora and Miles were both out of bed. And Hannah was there. But we don't know if Peter could see Hannah. But Peter tells them, hey, get back to bed. Miles is like, we heard something downstairs. He's like, whatever, don't care. So he, my, so Peter goes into the family's, the dead parents' room and grabs this very old necklace that he's most likely going to pawn off. Yep. He gets back. The children are still there. I think as he goes to say something, Lady of the Lake woman grabs him by the neck and she starts dragging, dragging him, him down. Uh, down the the pa- the parents hallway the wing that, that no one's allowed to be in yeah. and then down the stairs and i don't know if you noticed this laura yeah. she left muddy footprints i think i did notice that she, because the kids are, don't go out at night which yeah. is presumably why that is not the kids because that's what we said in the last episode we know the kids don't go out leave yeah. the room so why the heck are there muddy footprints every day but because thinking of this that's not the first that he's not the first victim and also that the lady of the lake ghost keeps taking like takes people who are like are alone in that wing of the yeah. house but specifically i think that wing of the house is the culprit yeah because That's presumably hard. if we ever learn about what happens to the parents i'm assuming it's gonna happen in that wing yeah. so i have a feeling that wing is a problem spot but okay so we see the lady of the lake drag peter down and into the room then you see Peter you, walk you, out. No, you see him go down the stairs. Then after you don't see him and the the ghost anymore, you see a Peter, like a completely okay Peter, walk out of that wing. And see the kids again, and the kids are confused. Because they just thought they saw him being dragged off by a ghost and into the lake. No, that was after. No, they, no okay. You so, see him being dragged off the lake, and then we see him come out. No, that no, that was after. So here's what happened. No, no. Sure it was like that. You see him come out, and then you see him be dragged out to like, and then you see. No, so the, so we see. So Peter gets dragged down to the hallway, and then he comes back, and he's confused by why the children are still there, and the children are like, "We saw you get dragged," and all that, and Flora, he sees Flora's doll, which is of the lady in the lake, and so he holds it, and it falls, and he tries to pick it up a couple times before he's able to. That's when we see the lady come back around with the body. And starts dragging him down the stairs. And Peter's calling her to stop. Oh, stop. yeah. And then after that, she dragged him to the lake. And this is something really weird. Because when, then you start hearing Peter's voice coming out of Miles. Well, his tone of voice. Because what Peter does is he touches Miles. And suddenly, Miles starts talking for him. Yeah. But the thing is, it's not in the typical Miles outlet. It sounds and acts so, like a lot like the language and the wording that Peter would use, like curse words that he that Miles wouldn't know or have used, and the tone of voice is all the same. But it's not 
him, even though it's presumably be him. And then we see the lady in the lake drag Peter down and into the lake. And then we see Hannah who witnesses, and Hannah turns, and then we see a Rebecca. A dead Rebecca. A very dead Rebecca. Even though she's not dead at this moment in time. Yeah. Because Rebecca's in the room that she just has the sexy time with Peter in. Yeah. And then we go to, like... We go to right before Danny arrives at Bly Manor. Like, the moment before she arrives, and you have... The Luke and the Anthony died, so the trench coat, like, we see him haunting everybody through mm-hmm. the house, where everyone sees, and, um, you see him and Miles, like, talking, which be, probably presumably means that Miles can see dead people. Well, they all have seen Peter. That's true. But they have a special connection, because Peter they can, and Miles have a special... Because they can talk through each other. Yeah, exactly. Which somehow, what the fuck? But I think it's because they have a bond because Luke tries teaching. Not Peter, Luke. <gasps> he Peter. holds. He still does. He still have his lighter. He was holding the lighter in that scene because Hannah was about to get tell him off about for the lighter. So we think, Ma- I think Miles might have a connection with Peter because he has the lighter. So that he Peter gave Miles the lighter, and so he presumably that lighter hold didn't that lighter hold significance to Peter? There wasn't there a story behind it that we were told that we don't remember. Probably it's just held significance. He has a smoking habit. Yeah. Well, he, I think he told a story about the lighter and then gave it to him. Oh, yeah, it was his father's. Yeah, yeah, so presumably it has a significant amount of connection to him mm-hmm. that it will connect Miles and Ghost Peter together. And ultimately, we see Peter and Miles gets really mad because he's like, yes, I'm dead. I'm stuck on this estate. And then you see Miles get really angry and push Hannah down the well. And Hannah ultimately fucking dies you see her you see her die but then a moment later you see hannah looking down at herself and then can that's when the danny comes in you first mm-hmm. see hannah for the first time in the first episode and it's like oh hi i was a million miles away so hannah and peter are ghosts now how, how does everyone see hannah as a real person so this is where i'm gonna make my connect this is where suddenly for me everything connected so I'm not sure who the creator of this show is. Is it right? Mike Flanagan. Okay, not who I thought I was. Mike Flanagan. We, I've told you about this like five times. We okay. Last night. Anyway. For those of you, I know Laura hasn't probably seen this. American Horror Story. This is where I make my connection. In both the first season and the fifth season, they have ghosts who live. Like, first season, Murder House. We're gonna start. Oh, I would, have, I would have made the connection to the sixth sense, but go ahead. It's bad. No, this, is, this will make more sense. The ghosts, in, the ghosts that live in Murder House are stuck in Murder House. They're connected to the house because there's bodies that have died there, and they're stuck in the house. That's how I'm seeing it as with Blind Manor. There's something wrong with Bly Manor, so anyone who dies and their body remains on the premise of Bly Manor, like that whole property, they stay there, but people can still see their spirits, similar to an American Horror Story the first season, and even in like the fifth so season. So my question is, how does all the other ghosts go from place to place, but Hannah, in real life, when everybody else sees her, she just acts like a normal person, besides eating and drinking? Because she's a ghost, but she can like... But with Luke or Rebecca, they only see them in certain places and not the whole time, which is why. That I'm 
not sure of. My see, I made a connection to two things. One, the first season, the haunting of Hill House, where I learned not to fucking trust anything because everything just was a fucking curveball. So my first thought in the first episode, when I like because of Hannah, I said she's a ghost, and Sarah was like, no. Well, that's because I haven't seen this far in. I wasn't this far in. Yeah, we just didn't believe. I wasn't. I wasn't even at that episode five yet. I only watched through four. Well, also let's note this for sure. The first time Laura saw episode five, she skipped through ninety percent of it. Yeah, but I saw. I saw Peter die. Did you see Hannah die? I think I did too. I just didn't know what it was i didn't know if it was real or not because my brain was like i can't decipher between what's real and what's not because you can see when she dissociates into the past there's moments where it's not real and it's um made up it's like made up dialogue that didn't happen in real life Uh, with the dead people but again as you can see even for us processing afterwards it's a whirlwind yeah I love how my first thoughts tend to be the right answers. I love that for me. And we just don't believe it sometimes, you know? Well, do you not remember The Haunting of Hill House? Which we're going to get into in a couple episodes after we finish The Haunting of Bly Manor. Because that, The Haunting of Hill House, man did oh man did throw me for a loop. Because every, I, because you know how in the first episode you like see... Um, okay, we're getting too much into what could be good content for another one. Okay, fine, but I'm just saying it made me not trust anything, so now here I'm like, I don't trust a fucking thing because anything could happen. Because literally anything that you don't think could happen is like what could happen in the show. Haven't we decided that far? Yeah. There's no limits to what happened. Also, going back to the sixth sense, so the sixth sense is your other connection. The sixth sense, so the sixth sense has this man. Who, at the beginning, you see, like, this... Okay, spoiler, if you've never seen The Sixth Sense. You sh- if you haven't seen The Sixth Sense, I'm sorry for you. But my brother showed this to me because he's seen it in every single one of his psychology classes. It's a good movie. You should totally watch it, though. Yeah. You know what? Pause it, go watch it, and then come back. So, The Sixth Sense, you see this murder happen, right? At the beginning of the movie, you see a murder happen? Yeah, I think it's a murder. I haven't seen sure. it in a while. I, it was, I watched it literally the same day I watched The Haunting of Hill House, or the day before. Okay, so, so it a murder was, happens. A murder happens, and then you you follow this man. Um, Who's a like, child psychologist. psychologist. Yeah. He's a child psychologist, and you see him meet up with this child throughout the whole thing. But then you at the end, you realize that the child psychologist is dead. and Because he, he, it wasn't he the one that was murdered, but you thought he lived through it. I think so. Yeah, but then he, it turns out he didn't, and he learned that at the end of the movie, and this was a huge, big reveal that he was a ghost the whole time talking to this child, and everyone thought the child was kind of crazy because he was talking to a ghost. Yeah, and, the, and that the child said, I see dead people, aka not me. I wish. <laughs> yeah, so it's, that's where I got that from. You know, that's interesting. So we're thinking that... Well, Six attention. But my thing is, though, because both floor, like... No, everybody uh, saw it, but I think it's a connection with more like, not with one person, but everybody who resides at the manor. They can see the dead people. Yeah, like, fully apparition. Like, yeah, kind of, and like, that's Hannah. similar to American... You know what? On our the own only t- thing that doesn't make sense is why Hannah drinks and eats and 
she doesn't drink or eat until she's drinking wine in the campfire after she's presumably already dead in our minds. Yeah, that's confusing me too. Because yeah. like we don't necessarily know for sure, sure she's dead, but that's like highly, highly what we think. Oh, happened. I think she's dead because she fell down face head. But first we don't know if that was. Ju- the thing is, we. The thing is with this episode, it, they don't give you a clear idea of what happened because right afterwards they show them alive and every single time. So you don't know for sure exactly what happened to them, but you have a high presumption of that is what happened. But then afterwards, like everything kind of resets itself, even though it shouldn't. Yeah, it's a weird episode. It's like, really weird. I'm still trying to process certain things about it. But on a side note, Laura, we're going to introduce you to season one of American Horror Story so you can... I watched the first episode of American Horror Story. No, we're going to introduce you to the whole season one so you can understand everything and why I made my connection with this. Yeah, but that ruins the whole thing over you after mentioned the whole entire thing to me. But that way you can understand it better, more clearly. No. Fuck you. I love you, Sarah. No, you you don't. You're not going to do it. So now we're about to start talking about episode six. So hold the fucking front door. So, so much was learned in this episode. So think- all I have to say is Laura was right time like four. So first of all, you learned so much in this episode I about told- what's going on with the kids. Then you do the whole and the parents I- and anything. It. Like this is like the most information you get, which so we love. So, we start off by kind of seeing more about the parents and their relationship with the children. And the uncle. Um, and you learn that Flora's real father is the uncle. So, yeah. I was, my fair theory was right. Yeah, so we're gonna flash, go, we're gonna kind of go back a bit. So, Flora sees this person, we're gonna call it imaginary friend, when probably it's really a spirit. She goes tell mommy. Mommy's in her bedroom with the uncle, and... The uncle's getting dressed, because they're presumably sexy time. Yeah, so, basically, you now get the idea that, oh, the mother and the uncle are having an affair. And Love then that. flash Just forward, the dad, seven years after Floor was born, Six. finally... Six years after Floor was born, finally did the math on how when Floor should have been born based off when he was home. Six years later, because that's how desperate he was. Yeah, and he did a lot about it. Of for about thinking about for the birthday and judging the size of the baby, cause he thought the baby was gonna be really early, from when he thought it was orig- she was originally supposed to be born. But she looked, I guess, like a average size baby. We'll say as if it's gotten almost to full term, which is like thirty something weeks. So close to thirty six weeks. Where she technically was, just for the wrong pregnancy. Yeah, yeah. The wrong timeline of things. Yeah. And so we also learned that the uncle has this deep dark side that's kind of freaky, creepy. That smile though freaks me out. It's like a Joker's Pennywise smile. Yeah, yeah, it is that. Um. But we learn with this is like so as we said earlier. Peter touches Miles, and Peter suddenly becomes part of Miles. And then we also learn that the same thing happens with Jessica and Flora, Flora. but Flora is more aware of it. 
than Miles's. But the thing is, we also learn that they have amnesia when the other people are in their bodies, mm-hmm. and they start having going back into their memories. So yeah. what we thought that was just a coping mechanism for everything was really them not being able to use their own bodies and having to go back into their memories because ghosts are manipulating them, their person themselves, mm-hmm. which is freaky, crazy, and weird. And fuck, what just happened? It's like all over the place like so okay it makes you think so i'm gonna go back to flora's supposed imaginary friend for a hot minute it's faceless lady of the lake when we meet her faceless so my theory is that the young this younger version of the supposed lady of the lake looking might actually this younger version that we see of a spirit child, whatever, I think it's a lady of the lake. Except the only thing counting against that is when Flora sees the faceless thing, says, that little boy. Yeah, that's my only... And Flora issue. seems to know a lot about everything that we do, so I think it might actually be a boy. An actual boy. I must... We must add, though, she took a broken doll face and put it on the actual face, and let me just say, like, fucking creepy. Or twice as creepy as it already was. Yeah. We also see that faceless figure playing with Flora in her bed in the dollhouse, which is interesting because that could have mean that the doll was trying to maybe get Flora out of bed and towards the lake. That's true, too. Oh, my God. Let's just... We learned so much. Oh, you also... When um, Jamie the gardener and Danny are having some sexy time, after that, Danny sees this burn mark on the back of Jamie's shoulder, which I have no idea what it's alluding to, but I think it's something like... It's some type of trauma from either, I think, when Jamie was younger or when she oh, was... Oh, from when they talked about her whole far- the coal mining family? Yeah. I think it also could have to do with something else that she had something to do with something or something. Like, she's... Mm-hmm. It makes her kind of look susser because it happened after we learned about her background. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's sus. My... So then, this is also the episode we find out that I think the supposedly the family died or something. Oh, the parents died on a trip. We think that though, but they never found the bodies because they said they buried empty caskets. Well, they buried empty caskets because they died in, in there was an accident in India. Do we think it's an accident though? Because my well, we, the thing is. The thing is, that all we know is that both parents were in an accident in India. They don't ever specify either which are one parent or both parents, but all we get is that they're both dead. So what I think could have happened was the dad killed the mother because she cheated, had an affair. And when he asked if he loved him, if he... if. So when the dad asked the mother if she loved the dad's brother, she didn't say anything at all, which is kind of sus. So I think he killed her, and then out of grief, he killed himself. So, like, murder-suicide shit? Yeah. I think that they were arguing, and they got into an accident. Like, kind of like how Eddie died. Okay, yeah. And then, yeah, I think that's another possibility. But you also kind of... 
also there's another mystery that so you don't know anything about like the father you could see that the he like the mom the mom died or like either the mom or either he died but then the other one just like ran away is now oh yeah like i was kind of said earlier mom died and he's somewhere else yeah so it could be either way for both of them either Mm -hmm. one of them are alive and just kind of watching over everything from the sidelines Mm -hmm. oh also we learn about this so the house would every day get mysterious calls Oh, we learned that it was the uncle yeah, doing the, the prank calls because he wanted to hear Flora's voice, but going, Flora never answered. Going, Flora, residence. And, yeah, it's not Because the, oh, the last time he heard it, we learned, was when he was about to tell the news that their parents were dead. So, apparently, Flora keeps, seeing, get, keeps hearing the worst news. Like, First. God damn, that yeah, poor she, child. Like, she, she... She's the result of an affair. Result of an affair. She's seen so many people die. She f- saw, found her, de- her dead nanny's body. Pretty sure she saw Peter die. Oh, yeah. She, she gets saw- possessed by Jessica. And she wants it to stop, too. She understands she's getting possessed. She understands and she wants it she to stop. She understands that she's going into her past memories as an older version of herself rather than the- how old she was in that moment. Which, talk about the level of fucking self-awareness she has. Yeah. She is eight. Her level of self-awareness is higher than any eight-year-old. I wish I had hers. And I'm... Dude, I remember. She has more trauma than I have, and I. She remembers more about her childhood than I do. Yeah, we wish we were her. In this, maybe. No, we don't. Cause do you want to be possessed by an evil Miss Jessica, or Miss Jessel? Oh, but we also learned that we could. We also learned that maybe when Miles was busting out about wanting real wine. And that... It might have been Peter wishing, yo, someone give me a bloody drink. Yeah. And especially with the lighter. Yeah. But, and I think we learned in this episode that Flora is aware of when her brother, like, gets possessed. Oh, yeah, he's very... She, Flora is aware that Miles is being possessed by but Peter. I don't but think Miles is aware his sister Miles, gets Possessed. I don't think Miles is aware that he's getting possessed, and I don't think he's aware that his sister's getting possessed. But also, we learned that Miss Jessica or Miss Jessel, Jessica, whatever you want to Jessica. call her, Jessica, Miss Jessel, whatever, that she doesn't know that Peter's possessing Miles. Exactly. Which is. There's just a lot of things. There's a lot of miscommunication here, and. Miscommunication is very much at fault because even the uncle didn't know he was Flora's father until. Like the his brother who just did the math told him. Yeah. Even he's been sleeping with their mother for at least eight years. Not eight years, seven years. Because it was a year before when they went on the trip. So seven years of yeah. Flora, seven actually eight years if you add Flora's prior to her birth. Yeah, if you had the pregnancy and it's been at least he's been fucking their mother for eight years. Yeah, for eight years plus or minus. Plus or minus a couple years, yeah. Yeah. So, like, um, he's stupid. Yeah, he's not the brightest man. Come on, man. None of them are bright. I just think they all just don't want to ruin anything. They don't want to yeah. ruin their family. That's why the parents go on the trip is so that they can mend their family back together, even though they don't look too happy about it. No, she's fine. Because she kissed Henry right before leaving the trip, saying, I am trying to fix my marriage, but I'm going to kiss you first. I love how she doesn't say 
when he says I love you, she just doesn't say anything. Because back I have to a him. feeling if she did, because I have a feeling she wanted to say I love you, but she but she knew if she said it, she wouldn't leave. Yeah, and she or, wouldn't face her family, which is what she's dead set on doing because she wants to make Flora and Miles happy. Yeah, and I, she thinks the only way to do that is keep the family together and not ruin mm-hmm. it or break it. So where the episode leaves off is a really bad, a really well, I don't want to say bad. It's a good cliffhanger. Well, because we see. Well, we also learned that Danny can see Jessica when she's appearing in ghost form. So, Jess, so uh, the ghosts have control over who can see and can't see them. No, but what? No, what? They're not possessing somebody else. They are yeah. fully being able to be seen. Well, no, I think when they're even when they're not possessing someone, like wait, I think you just said that. I said when they're not possessing someone, they have the full ability to be seen. Well, no, I think they can choose because when. Jessica disappeared for a minute, and Flora seemed to still herself, but she was like, like, stop doing that. I want, like, pretty much being like, come back, stop doing that type of thing. Meaning, like... I think she was... That means... I feel like the ghosts can choose when they come in and out, but I also feel like they have full... Like, they don't choose who sees them, because I don't think Jessica wanted Danny to see her, because she, after that, she looked like she was about to murder Danny when she tried to take Flora away. So, the ghosts... Also, fun fact, she was, Jessica in Ghost Mom was wearing all black. Yeah, that's that's not probably good at all. So, and basically, overall, when the ghosts aren't presenting someone, they might have control over when they can be seen and can't be seen. Yeah. And so, how we leave off is Danny sees Jessica, gets Flora out of the room, Ends up in Miles. Ends up in the attic alone with the. Then Flora out of nowhere appears halfway across the room where she couldn't get unless she passed Danny. But we don't see her pass her. We just see her appear in that spot. And she ran ahead. No, because she just appears in that spot, and then you see Dan. Then you see Peter just pop up out of nowhere behind us. I thought so. They're in the hallway. Yeah. And Danny's with Flora. And then so Peter pops up, being like, this creepy, is... Creepy, creepy, tough man. Being like, well, this is a dilemma. Does Flora run after him? Danny's the first to run. So Danny runs after him, and she goes up the attic. So I see what you're talking about now. Flora disappears out of nowhere up there. Up in the attic. And behind Danny, I think Flora's like, I'm sorry or something, too. And then behind Danny, oh, behind Miles? Miles comes out of nowhere hitting Danny in the head. upside the head. So it's like, you got a collaboration between Miles and Flora and... Slash... Peter and and Jessica. Jessica. Ganging up on the nanny. Danny the nanny. Danny the nanny, who's done absolutely nothing wrong up to this point. Who has her own dramas. Except for her for sexuality. Possibly fucking the gardener. Well, that's not... That's We like that. We enjoy yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we we like that niceness. We like that fluff. We're just... Where does she... Just needs to address her past trauma more a little Danny bit. Just need, yeah, Danny just needs to accept the fact that... that she killed her ex-fiancé. Yeah. Her fiancé. Her dead fiancé, ex-fiancé, whatever you want to call him. I think it's considered ex because he's dead. No, what? they would say dead fiance if he wasn't. They anyway. never called it twins, so well, they were gonna go. They, they were gonna, but it didn't happen. Yeah, so she ended up being the 
the, the, the fiance widower what's the equivalent of a widow with a fiance nothing nothing there nothing. should be a term for that we should coin a term pre-widow pre-widow almost a widower almost a widow because widower is when the, you lose your wife yeah yeah almost a widow yeah she's so almost a widow so basically fuck that up. shit We have another addition, so... So this is m- more adding to the theories, though. Not that, really. It's, it's like, not adding to the theories, but we're just looking back at what we've already said and already seen based on the information we know now. So here's what I just said. Or think. Off. I think now. So early on, like, we see it during the first couple episodes. So first episode. Being Miles being a pervert. Yes. Which we now think it may be caused... <laughs> Shut up, why can I say it? Because I came up with it. <laughs> you said my theory. I said my theory. No, you've said my theory in the past. Okay, anyways, so overall I'm not I'm getting a I'm getting a death glare, basically. Anyways, overall. So there's P- Miles staring at spying on Danny while well, she's changing. changing. Miles also gives her flowers from A the- butterfly kit from the old nanny who is also oh, that- Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one, too. I don't you care. forgot about... The butterfly clip as well. She's changing. I thought you were going off of that scene. Oh, no. I was just doing it all, all add up. He oh. also gives her roses from the garden. And then he kind of puts stray hair behind her ear in a weird fashion. That all of those... Are kind of all advances that men would make on women. A.K.A. Peter. <laughs> the pervert. Peter. Also, the other only thing I have questioning about that is that Peter only had eyes that we know of for Rebecca. Peter's Peter. He's a fucking misogynistic. He's a misogynistic. Toxic masculinity. Misogynistic. Toxic masculinity. Is that the same thing? Toxic masculinity is when men kind of like are like literally they fuel all the stereotypes of men and it becomes like toxic. I think he's also misogynistic. The opposite of toxic masculinity are boys who wear crop tops. Crop top boys. Hey, we don't. We're not shaming those men. No, those you are do amazing. You. If you wear a crop top, props to you and you're a male. Fuck, I love you. So, FYI, if you wear crop tops, and are a that, male, that's a check mark on Laura's interests. I'm sorry. It just beats toxic masculinity. And if you know where I got this from. Shout out to Howdy Howdy Y'all number one on TikTok. I love okay. you. That's if you're she, listening. She says crop top boys. That's her slogan. That's where I got all this from. That's how I know about it. Okay, so anyways, prior actions we see, actions we, we see, see early on from no one I acknowledge now, is Peter taking over Miles' also body. That some coping mechanisms we thought that were coping mechanisms could actually be the ghost just shoving them out of their minds and into the past while they're working their magic. What if when Peter got, when Miles got in the fight he was, it was actually Miles fighting. Not Miles, Peter fighting. The only thing I have about that is that we thought that Miles did that because he got a letter from Flora saying help me. What, wait. And he, why, why would he be Oh, in, wait a minute. Why would Peter be at the boarding school when he can't leave Blind Manor? So, that's... 
He can't leave. My thing is his physical apparition can't leave Bly Manor. No, I think it's everything just can't. I don't think he can possess someone and not be at Bly Manor. I think it has to be Bly Manor. We're not giving any amount of evidence that they can do outside of Bly Manor. All- well, no, he makes a comment where he wishes the cops would arrest this child so then he could get away from Lyme Manor. So I think when he's possessing Miles, he can get off that manor all he wants. No, the only thing about that is, is that for what we know, Miles wanted to get, wanted to go back to the manor because he was trying to help Flora. I wonder if that dismisses that whole theory that we had about the yeah. the letter that Flora gives him saying help me with the picture of the doll with the face about the face. Do we think it's the doll with the face, or do it's you think she know? Or do you think Flora was crying for help because Jessica was taking over her body? Well, no. The only thing in the picture was the doll without the face. It was the doll without the face. It was something with like weird hair that looked like the doll without the face hair. So okay. I think it's that. That's why it dismisses the whole. Peter thing because he wanted to go home to help Flora because he knows that if he would be home he would be getting possessed like Flora is and like okay. other plans that are happening okay. because I think everything stays on Bly Manor it's called the haunting of Bly Manor not the haunting of the the Wingraves well yeah it's obviously a haunting of Bly Manor because it's the same dude who created haunting of Hill House and it's kind of like a no but the thing is it wasn't the cranes that were like possessed it was the Hill House possessing yeah. Every trying to eat everybody who lived there. It was the Hill House's fault. So that's therefore why would it be? It's not called the haunting of the Wingraves. It's called the haunting of Blind Manor for a reason because it's the house that's doing the haunting. I don't. So I think it stays within the house. I think the initial part of the house, all the demons and stuff, are part of the house, and that's what's doing everything. And then you have the spirits that live there. I think they're, they're one and the same. I don't think they can leave. I think they're stuck to Bly Manor. Whether I they're think, dead or not, possession or not, I think they're stuck at Bly Manor. I think they can leave when they're possessing the children. Because I, I vividly remember Peter and Miles making the comment how he wishes the cops would co arrest him, arrest but the child. They were, so then he could get off the, the thing manor. is, he did. Did they make that comment when they were still on the property before they pushed Hannah down the well? Yeah. Yeah, they were still on Bly Manor property. Yeah, and you... You're just dismissing your whole point right here. But he... No, but, like, Hannah was saying, like, we called the cops and all that. They're after you. They're... Uh, yeah, they're after Peter. Yeah. But the thing is, if they... The thing is... Because Peter's the one possessing Miles, it gets him scathed free. Because he can pull the blame on Miles and not himself. Yeah, and then they would arrest Miles and he want he wants to get off the manor. But the thing is, he can't ever leave. He's a ghost. They don't say that he can physically leave. He's- you're going back to where I said I think he's, like, stuck to the manor. Yes, you're just not keeping to your own points. That was my initial thing. But, but then I remember what he said. It's called the haunting of Bly Manor for a reason. I think we should just leave it at that and come back to this at another point when we know more. Just, okay, but I don't think we should take the title so seriously, though. Well, the thing is, well, I'm not trusting anything anymore because of the haunting of Hill House. So shush it. You do that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I think it's just stuck to the house. And you didn't think that was true when I mentioned it earlier. No, I did say it was true. I believe you then. Bitch, I don't know what you're talking about. 
There's a, we can look back at this later. We're not gonna look back at this later. We're too lazy. You are. I'm not. I'm about to. I'm about to find it. Oh my god. So now that you've heard those ad and notes that of me and Sarah yelling at each other for five minutes trying to discuss if they can get off the property or not through possession. Look, it's time to end this episode because we realize it's gone too long. We'll see you next time. We want to hear your theories. You've heard ours. You heard our bickering. You've heard our thoughts on everything now we want to hear yours and then tune in to the next episode and remember we'll talk about all your theories in a future episode of dumb bitch disorder dedicated to all the theories we've heard from other people about bly manor thank you for listening i'm gonna prove myself right oh my god we've already literally we after that we just watched that scene again but he says he wants to get off the property but doesn't mean he can but we have no physical proof that he can get off the property in a world of possession uh, my knowledge is supernatural yeah but supernatural isn't to this series and it's not based it's not written by the same people it's completely separate Everything has their own rules, like time travel. Time travel in Avengers is different than time travel in Back to the Future, which is different than Hot Top Time Machine, which is different than everything else. Everything has its own set of rules when it deals with supernatural things. Everything does! And every We're gonna exclude Twilight with this, because Twilight was fucked up. But in every realm, you always kill a a vampire with silver. Twilight still gets added into this, but everything is not not in every single thing we've seen in movies and TV shows. Have you watched the Vampire Diaries? Fuck Vampire Diaries. Exactly. It's a romantic sized versions of vampires. Yeah, there's other TV shows dealing with vampires. My babysitter's a vampire. They don't kill everything with silver. They do it with steaks, though. Steaks. They do. St- stakes and other like the vampire diaries too it's not a specific thing but they don't do it in everything it's called that everything has their own rules because it's been so twisted out of time that no one knows for sure what's right okay now that we've had that discussion come tune for next episode i'm laura your host and i'm sarah and i'm gonna kill laura with this remote gonna kill sarah too because i'm so right and i'm the most competitive person have fun leave us your comments bye bye